0: This week on the VergeCast, Dieter reviewed the Motorola Razr. He went to Samsung Unpacked. We talked about the Galaxy Z Flip, the new Galaxy S20. And we get into the Sprint T-Mobile merger. That's coming up now on the VergeCast.
1: Support for today's show comes from Deloitte. What does the future look like? By melting business acumen and innovative technology, Deloitte can help you build the future only you can imagine. They can help engineer solutions for your business reality today and your vision for tomorrow to get you to a world where you don't just dream it, you build it. See how you can engineer Advantage with Deloitte at Deloitte.com US slash Engineering Advantage.
2: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners, too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
0: Hello, and welcome to the VergeCast, flagship podcast. Verge experience. Let's try to be really dramatic this week. Does it work? No. Alright. I'm your friend Eli. Dieter Bone is here. <laughs> Dieter Bone is creaking his motorola razor at you. Saul <laughs> Miller is here. Hello. Alright, should we just get into it? I mean, it's like there's a lot going on this Some week. Big there's week.
3: so much going on this week.
0: Um, I, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about the razor. It's the first thing we're gonna talk about. But yep. I just want to note it is somewhat big news in the world of technology, in the world of mobile. In the world of the coronavirus, that MWC, Mobile World Congress, was canceled somewhat inevitably because yeah. of fears of the virus. Right. And that story just sort of built over time. Mm-hmm. This it's one like- company dropped out, then another company dropped out, then there were whispers. I don't, it's, it seems like everyone is very, very afraid. Like it's strange to me that like huge global corporations just sort of all privately decided that they were terrified of the coronavirus.
3: Right. Yeah. And like, is that fear justified? And, you know, usually for big public health decisions, you would want the big public institutions to make those calls. Um, But it was just it was so inevitable that as soon as these, you know, the dominoes started falling, it was just not going to not going to happen. So they they canceled it.
0: So I would like to announce today that The Verge will not be going to MWC. This is true. We're a little bit behind the curve, I know. (laughs) Um <laughs> uh, but it we were expecting some announcements there particularly from uh, Chinese phone vendors. Mm-hmm. That stuff is still going to happen. We're in phone season. Yeah. I do think that uh it is possible that the uh race to 5G oh, no will be <laughs> be delayed. This is the only race in the world which is mostly conducted by people sitting still in suits. <laughs> Uh, that's what that race looks like. No, I mean this was gonna be a big year for 5G deployment. There's a lot of like Huawei talk in this world. Yeah. There's a lot of can we build a competing sort of open network standard to flood them? Like that's the MWC is where those conversations happen. And it is somewhat notable that they will not be happening, even though the tensions around Huawei is a network equipment vendor. Well,
3: and and John Ledger can't like go
0: have a victory lap. Right. Yeah. Mm. He can't. He can't just walk up to people on the streets of Barcelona being like, "Hi, I'm uh, also the CEO of Sprint."
3: Although he's not doing, he's not doing it though, right? He's he's handing it off to Seaford. Seaford, yeah, in a while, Siebert, but for yeah.
4: now, we, you guys are getting way ahead of yourselves. <laughs> okay,
3: <laughs> wait, we'll wait,
4: Do we know if any of these companies are going to do like a Nintendo Direct
3: style, like yeah, like I think mini I,
4: I, live stream keynote?
3: A bunch of them are. Some of them might try and hold their own separate events. And this is my expectation: is a bunch of them are going to hold their separate events, and they might be like, "Oh, that's great." Why, why are we Why are mm. we going to this stupid conference? So that could happen. I will tell you that uh, one company, which I obviously can't name, has emailed us and said, yeah, that embargo is going to change. And we said, yeah, we figured, wh- what's the plan? And they said, well, we don't know. <laughs> 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 That's great. Yeah, I
0: mean, uh, there's some value for us, particularly for the smaller companies being there, right? The journalists are already there. The press are already there. The buyers are already there. Mm-hmm. That's bad for that smaller part of the ecosystem. I think yeah. the bigger companies will just – They'll just let us know. Hey, there's a f- it's a phone. Are you yeah. guys interested? And we'll be like, yes, that's our job. And that's that's how the media works. <laughs> I, I, <didn't laughs> I, I, I don't know if anybody was confused about that. All right. <laughs> that's enough Barcelona talk. Actually, it's not enough Barcelona talk. We have a separate yeah. podcast, uh Barca Chat. you can find it. Uh Dieter. Yeah, I'll just give some backstory, to the audience. We're we were sitting down as we do before every Vergecast, uh, quote unquote, organizing it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> an unsuccessful project historically, mm. but we do it every week anyway. And we were trying to figure out where to put the Razor review, mm-hmm. and it occurred to me that you are so mad at this phone. <laughs> And I, not, I, I mean, it's been a busy Eli. week, and I, I've seen it boiling in the background. But I was like, we should do the razor first. And Dieter was like, yeah, to get it out of the way. And I was like, oh, he hates it.
4: But I'm going to make you do it. Why do you hate Motorola, and, and when they try hard, you push them into the dirt? Why do you do that, Dieter?
3: I don't, I don't hate Motorola. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Oh, wow. That's Aww. worse from Dieter. Yeah. All right. Well, let's listen to it creaking. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Um. Oh, that's
0: really <laughs> bad. So that was the sound of the phone opening. Yeah, and here it is closing.
4: Ooh, that's worse. Reading through your review, most of the trailers. You know what? I could deal with that to look like the coolest person. I addressed this specifically in the but, review. But when you mentioned how it's embarrassing in a silent room to have your phone <laughs> creak, I was like, ah. <laughs> uh. It's going to be a
0: great bit for like a like a comedy movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just in case you're wondering what is going on, uh, yeah. Dieter reviewed the Motorola Razor this week. I'm holding it in my hand. He's got it. Uh, the the process of just sort of getting a phone, review, reviewing it, sort of, I would say, tipped our hands that maybe the product wasn't ready because to me there's no bigger red flag. I think we said this about the the, the Iowa caucus app. Like what's mm-hmm. the biggest red flag that something's not ready? It's like we're not going to let you see it mm. <laughs> until, until it's out. Uh, so th- that happened. But you have it. You reviewed it. What
3: do you think? Uh, I think that um, if this phone didn't fold in half and it cost a penny over $250, I would tell you, do not even consider buying it. Wow. Yeah. It just, it has a a pretty bad camera. It's got a pretty slow processor, which is totally fine. The slow processor is fine. Um, It's got pretty weak battery life. You know, all the stuff that you would expect to be pretty good on like a $250 phone. In fact, Motorola makes a very good $250 phone. The Moto G Power just isn't as good here. And so what you're paying for is the flippiness, the, the, the flip action, the folding screen. And um, the flip action just isn't that good because of that creak, uh, because of the way the screen feels. And I will admit that I am actually, especially with like the way the screen feels and like the, the presence of the crease, which actually isn't too bad here, I am ambivalent. I keep on misusing nonplussed, but what I mean is I'm ambivalent about how to judge a folding screen. Okay. By what metric is a folding screen good? Because if I compare it to a Galaxy S10 or S20 screen, there is no folding screen that I have seen yet that is anywhere close to as, like, high quality as that, right? Oh, so you mean in terms of, like, brightness, sharpness on the brightness, classic metrics? Yeah. sharpness. Like, how, how much of a crease is acceptable? Uh, how much of it feeling bumpy and lumpy under your finger is acceptable, Right? You kind of just want to say, well, if it, if it misses on any of those things, then it's a fail. But that's not true because the thing folds in half and you get other benefits. And so judging the trade-offs, tradeoffs, for me, gets a little bit more complicated if you actually do want a phone that folds to fit into a smaller pocket.
4: Which I do want.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people want that. I, I honestly, I think that's like the big meta story of the Razer. is like they they missed a big opportunity, but we'll get, we'll come to that. Yeah, on the screen itself. So like a useful comparison here is maybe like LCD versus OLED, right? Sure. Lot like Apple had LCD screens for a long time. Samsung beat them to OLED screens. We would compare them directly. They're different technologies, and they have different benefits.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. In particular. Apple is able to use RGB stripe pixel layouts. Oh, oh my God. Here we go. OLED Pentel layouts.
3: Uh, that's just me. But We're going to be talking about uh, RGB later on in the Galaxy S20 section, so stay tuned. Today, we're going to talk about
0: how to organize pixels. What shapes are best for your pixels? So, like, it's that. Is it,
3: it the blacks aren't quite as black, or is it just it's not quite as bright? It's, it's, it's a vibrancy thing. It's not quite as bright. Uh, you know you can you could you can get like searing phantasmagoric colors out of like a Samsung screen. you know mm-hmm. Apple has you know got its color accuracy and everything just looks just like right and you know there's it's not a haze but like it's just it's just a screen that like looks fine it's not like a wow this looks great screen in addition to like the actual practical issues of if you want to watch a 4 by 3 youtube video the screen is a 21.9 by no it's i don't know it's 21 by 9 something it's it's very very tall which means that the letterboxing the, the black bars are gigantic
0: yeah Okay, here's my, I mean, I haven't actually seen the Razer. I certainly have not had it as long as you have. And you've seen the Z Flip now, too. I which, have. Which we'll come to. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've seen more of these. You've um, gone through an entire emotional journey with the Galaxy Fold. Mm-hmm. You have. I'm So I'm going to say something that is not based on any level of experience that compares to yours. And then I want you to react to it. Here we go. Uh, they have to be as good as real screens, non-folding screens. That's how you know they're good. That's when they're, that's Flag, when they're working. that flagship? Uh, no, flagship um, uh, I would say as good as a mid range OLED screen.
5: Hmm.
3: Okay. As good as mid range OLED as good screen. As, as good yeah. as
0: the iPhone 11. Right. Minus like the crease. You get plus 10 for folding, <laughs> mm-hmm. minus 8 for
4: a crease. And then you roll a D20. <laughs> what about
3: durability? And plastic versus glass. like it, we it's, it's an entirely different set of trade-offs that we don't know what the answers are yet.
0: That's why I'm just confidently saying stuff and asking <laughs> you to react
3: to it. Yeah. No, I just – I'm, I'm – that's, that's my reaction.
4: <laughs> I have this weird intu- – I, I haven't actually held any of these folding phones yet. And I have this weird intuition that the screens will be more like paper. Which I'm sure is not true. That's that's not true. Not even a little bit There's something about a phone that folds. Well, you know what else folds? Paper folds. Like, what if the screen had that sort of, what was it, Mirasol displays? Oh, my God. That's a horrible deep
0: cut.
3: (laughs) Remember when Mirasol was the future? A failed Qualcomm display. (laughs) No, we're
0: not going to talk about this at this time. Just Google, like, in gadget posts from 2007, we went on a journey then. We're not doing it now. It's creaking again. So, okay. So the screen, whatever, quality-wise, sort of on yep. a, the regular metrics, a little bit worse.
3: But right. the f- bumpiness, the lumpiness, the sound, that's the real issue here, right? Yeah. The The bumpiness and the lumpiness in the middle of the screen is like... Okay, I get it, but the they they want the screen to sort of tuck in as you fold it so that it doesn't bunch up or whatever, and that means that it floats at the bottom of the phone, which means when you hit the back button, which on Android, you hit a lot, you can actually feel it, like, move. It's loose under your finger, and then it, like, hits the back of the phone that's, like, behind Does it. Does it have haptics? <laughs> it has haptics the worst haptics you have ever felt in your life. i just
0: saying, like, what is, is there a word for, like, accidental haptic feedback? Like, we actually made this a button?
3: The screen is basically the equivalent of, like, a playing card and a, a bicycle spokes. Just, no, that's really bad. It's not that bad. I, that's an exaggeration. But, like, th- you know, it's a metaphor. So, uh, f-
0: as far as I can tell,
3: no, no one likes it. I don't think anyone likes it. I see the good phone inside this bad phone. Wow. That is like the most, <laughs> Dieter, that's like, we should put you out in the world with that.
0: as your like marketing tagline.
3: <laughs> what's the good phone look like? If they had just done everything different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's, no, what's the good phone look like?
3: The very good thing that Motorola did is they came up with this uh, teardrop hinge that allows it to fold into the screen uh, in that, with that bulge so that it doesn't have a hard crease. And the other very good thing that they did is they made it look like a razor and it like it looks retro and cool. And they also I said the hinge feel like doesn't feel as deeply satisfying as it should. It really doesn't because the screen provides some a certain weird resistance. So it can't snap closed like really like like a like you really want it to, but you can, you know, once you start using it, you get that little flourish of like flipping it out. You know, you stick your finger in, in the little edge there, and then you just give a little flick, and then it, it flicks out, and that that's cool. The way you cover um, the squeaking
0: but, sound is by
3: going kapow. Yeah, exactly. You say it out loud in a quiet room. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kapow. But Motorola prioritized thinness to make it, you know, make it match the razor brand, and that meant that the battery was too small, and it meant that they, well, now they have to compensate with a slower processor, uh, and then, you know, Motorola's never made great cameras, and so just the the knock on effects of their initial decisions just started adding up, and nobody at any point in the process or late in the process when they should have said, "Hey, did you hear that? Maybe we should do something about that." Because doing something about that would have meant, like, going back to the drawing board, I think.
0: So here's here's my big take on this. Motorola, you said they make really good, low, and mid-range Android phones. Incredibly good. Mm. Yeah. They, they, more than are holding their own in that market. They're owned mm-hmm. by Lenovo, which is a big company, so they have some insulation from phone market dynamics
3: and not for nothing lenovo itself likes to make weird stuff they make weird laptops all the time so they actually are owned by a company with money resources and a willingness to let them try weird stuff okay i think they did this two years too early that's what that's that's my read on it
0: you only get one shot at nostalgia you only get one shot at what i've been calling them the morning show circuit right like yeah Do do you remember the droid razor though yeah, that but that phone sucked. That doesn't count. <laughs> like <laughs> that phone also sucked. That phone in particular was a Pentile L C D that was so bad that you could see green fringes around every line on the thing. And I took photos yeah. of it and Motorola called me and said, That phone has to be broken and they sent me another one and it would they had just lied to me.
4: But it also yeah. had magnets on the back.
0: That was the big that I ended up buying a macro lens so I could put photos <laughs> to the screen and like the yeah. forums in two thousand eleven. I mean like I promise you I'm not crazy.
3: Anyway. That was a different time for Motorola, different Motorola. Anyway, you're right. They they had they had one shot at like bringing the razor back. They had one shot at the Today Show and blah blah
4: blah blah blah. Right? Wasn't the really best razor the Razor V3? That was the first razor. The first razor was called the Razor V3. (laughs) Again, a
0: different Motorola. (laughs) Hey, why did Motorola <laughs> go through so many management changes and
3: ownership? I couldn't remember
4: like what the predecessor, but I yeah. just assumed that there was earlier Razors for some reason.
3: Yeah, they were no. I um I definitely uh thought the same thing you did, and then had to check myself because I like you know just went back and like V3 was first released in <laughs> Q3 2004. That was well, that, that was that was, the razor. was the razor. Anyway, yep. so they had, they had this big
0: shot, right? To go from their pretty solid position in mid and re- low end phones. Again, insult so, like they don't have to make a high- end phone. like Lenovo is not like demanding that it happen. But
4: this would be the one to do. This it. is
0: the one. we're gonna we're gonna go take a chunk out of the thousand dollar phone market and we have this thing that looks different and we can get all of the marketing support in the world and earn media from again, what I what I just think of is like, you know, what's the hot holiday gift? The razor is yeah. back. Like, you you get that moment. And then you don't deliver the product because you, you're ahead of the technology. That is just a miss. And I'm right. wondering why,
3: why they, like why they did it. Were they trying to get a? Did they know that Samsung had the Z Flip and they were trying to get a, out ahead of that? And they just they got delayed, so they only got out ahead of it by like a day.
0: But it got delayed, that, so that, they could do a better job of it.
3: Well, one assumes. I don't know. It, it, I. I do not know if they're, like, easy to find in stores. I know that on launch day, Chris Welch and I spent a significant portion of our day just trying to buy this phone and failed.
4: Yeah. yeah. I would assume that Motorola would be aware that this flexible—because I wasn't, as a, a, a pleb out in the world, did not know that flexible glass was on this way, but— you would think Motorola would know, and so they had to – because <laughs> Samsung didn't have to wait too much longer, apparently a day or a, you know a month longer than Motorola, and managed to get a, a much better part, right? You're correct. Samsung did the Z Flip. But their bring-up time was probably years before. These things were probably
0: happening concurrently. Right. Well, let's just talk about it. So Samsung had Unpacked
3: this yep. week. You went. They put out the mm-hmm. S20. S twenty, the S twenty plus, and the S twenty ultra. Yep.
0: Linear numbers are no longer a thing that happens in tech. Uh, we're just changing, changing them however we go. But the the star was the Z Flip, which they basically just sort of announced during an ad at the Oscars. Yeah. Just put it out there. You saw it. What would you think?
3: So it is a folding phone with a glass screen instead of a plastic screen and a good Samsung internals <laughs> instead of uh, <laughs> mediocre Motorola internals. Uh, that's kind of the, the long and the short of it. Um, it looks like a Samsung phone. Uh, everyone is comparing it to like a, a Game Boy. Uh, I think it's Game Boy SP, the yeah, folding Game mm, Boy. The Advance. Almost like a compact. Animal. It looks really good. And you open it up, it's pretty plain, uh, but it has a glass screen and you can see the crease, but the glass feels way, way better. Is it actually glass? I feel like this is controversial. It's actually glass, uh, although Samsung is being skittish about uh, how the glass gets made and who supplies it and who makes it. They say that they're partnering with a third party, and I don't think it's corning. Yeah. And uh, when I was like, how do you make it, Ben? Blah, blah, like Well, it's ultra thin. I was like, well, what else? Well, you know, there's, there's treatments. There's things oh, yeah, that yeah, happen to it. Yeah.
0: I like the idea that there's a secret vendor for Samsung. That, like they think no one— no one will figure it out.
4: Is it naive of me to to believe that glass can't bend? Well, clearly, <laughs> I mean, there's like I've seen a lot of glass in my day, and every time I tried to bend it, <laughs> bad things. Plastic bends, yeah, yeah. often
0: <laughs> 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 when you don't want it to. I, well, well, I mean, this is like we have to get the phone. I fix it. will tear it down. Like, but to me, this is this is the big tech innovation of the screen is the glass. And we just kind of don't know a lot about it
3: yet. Right. And the the other innovations are sort of um, – it's around the hinge. So it doesn't fold completely flat like the Razer does. However, it is narrower than the Galaxy Fold was in the way that it folds. And I don't know how much of that is like they can get a tighter bending radius and how much of it is they're – they're bending it you know, vertically instead of uh, across a big long length. And so they just feel more confident that they can get a tighter radius there maybe. Or maybe the glass lets them do that. Who knows, but it is, you know, it still doesn't fold completely flat, but it's better than the fold. Um, And then Samsung put in just better, like, higher-end components. So the battery is bigger, uh, it has wireless charging, and it has uh, 12-megapixel cameras. And we trust Samsung to make pretty good cameras. Could turn out to be wrong there, but we trust that. And then the fingerprint sensor is on the side on the power button instead of on the bottom, so I think it's more conveniently placed. So just in general, it's a more elegantly designed, like, competent thing
4: it's reasonable to believe this camera is probably
3: on par with like the s10 is that correct i would hope so yeah i think so i think that's fair to guess but um, again we'll have to see the fascinating thing and this might get back to the glass is you can't just like whip it open you you kind of have to use two hands you can maybe use one hand if you push it but the they've limited the speed at which the hinge will open and I'm putting it that way instead of saying they've done this amazing thing where you can like set the screen at any angle and it will stay there because I actually think that that is just a a thing they decided to do because of the limitation of how fast you're allowed to open it is my <laughs> conspiracy theory. My conspiracy theory is that if you open it too fast, it might harm the glass or something. And so they they limited how, how fast it can open, which means that, well, we got to do something to explain that. So, oh, we'll do the thing where you can like put it in an L shape and set it down on a table and do video calls. This is this could be wrong. Is so is the hinge tight? Yeah, tight's a, a pretty good way to describe it.
0: Well, it's just you know we just listened to another hinge creak. Yeah, I, I feel like hinges that require an amount of force to move often also
3: make noise. Yeah, did you hear any noises? I did not hear any noises. We could see. What'll happen? Maybe they they're better at cams. I don't know. Um, the uh, the other hinge innovation here, which I think is just hinge innovation. The other hinge that which is clever as hell, is they put brushes uh, on the edges of the hinge to, in order to keep debris from getting in. Because you know brushes are you know flexible. You know they they can move and they can you know, but they also can form a bit of a barrier. Mm. Um, which is you know like it's smart and it's it's like. How biology works. Sometimes. Do you think they
0: had to make the Galaxy Fold just to, just to like make a list of things they flubbed
3: so they could make this phone? I mean, I would say yes. The answer is yes. But the caveat to that yes is they didn't have to announce or release it. <laughs> 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 but, but like, if they there's, it's
4: crazy to me how far Samsung has come in. It's not even a year. A, yeah, less than a year. Less than a year. Yeah, like how? Like a, a year from now, the phone will be like it'll be like perfectly thin. It will be paper thin when it falls. I don't know. Like that hinge evasion, baby. That's a. I, I just feel like all the all the great minds at these phone companies have not been dealing with hinges for like over a decade. You know, they've all been making slabs. None yeah. of them have been doing anything but slabs. And, like, they, they were rusty. But now <laughs> they're getting into hinges <laughs> and they're getting rapidly better.
0: Yeah, like the team yeah. in the basement that's working on Samsung flip phones is like, what now? Huh? <laughs> Challenges. <laughs> we want the new offices. <laughs> We've had a number of ideas no, what, that what,
3: no one has paid attention <laughs> windows, to. Windows. <laughs> real desks. <laughs> We don't just want glass on our phones, we want it by our desk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're very excited. I'm excited for that. So when's it it's expensive? It's like thirteen hundred
3: dollars? Thirteen hundred and eighty dollars, which is a hundred and I don't know, nineteen dollars less than the galaxy razor. Or the galaxy than the Moto Razor. So it's substantially cheaper than the Galaxy Fold. Yes. Substantially cheaper than the Galaxy Fold. The Galaxy Fold was nineteen eighty. This is thirteen eighty. Why all the folding phones end in eighty? I don't. <laughs> I
0: do like the idea that uh, Samsung undercut Motorola price just a little bit. Yeah, like it's amazing. E- even at the most ridiculous price point for the most ridiculous thing, it's like, yeah, we're gonna be the cheaper <laughs> one. <laughs> can you like can you imagine somebody looking at these two phones and be like, I, ah, I don't have an extra two hundred dollars.
4: Is um the, the the aspect ratio isn't as crazy on the Samsung. They're both crazy. They're both. They're both like more than twenty-one by now. I've been thinking about this. So sometimes when I'm on my phone and I'm watching uh, like TikTok, the TikTok like TikTok is portrait video. Yeah. And so all the TikTok all the TikTok controls. Let me tell you, cover the video. (laughs) And I think that there's probably a way to get those to disappear, but I don't know what it is. It's one of those secret gestures, like you know the the yeah. Only teens know. The only teens know. But to get one of these long phones, you can put all the controls at the bottom, and you got a perfect viewing experience of them. It's just something if to think about. TikTok videos. You know, just yeah, just some to take take advantage.
3: I mean, Paul, you know that you're describing uh, One UI and One UI 2, in Samsung puts all of its controls at the bottom and puts big headers at the top of everything by default so that you can reach the messages with one hand and only scrolls them up to fill up the full screen uh, when you scroll up and need them. There you go. Samsung's not not as bad at software as, they, as everyone thinks they are. I mean, I'm not saying they're good. I never said they're good. <laughs> I mean, this but is a company But they're thinking that, about
0: long phones and they're taking it serious. Yeah, who doesn't yeah. think about long phones? I mean, this is a company that launched a voice assistant, added a button for the voice assistant, removed the button for the voice assistant. <laughs> well, what if those are separate teams? <laughs> just like the software was not good enough to support this button. You in the yeah. basement, hinge team upstairs. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, all right. So you've seen all the folding phones. You've seen this mm-hmm. latest wave. Obviously, you have to review the Z Flip. Where are we at?
3: We are at the point where we're able to start making real calls about what folding phones need to do in order to be successful. This is back to my ambivalence about the folding screen on the Razer. We now know that we should expect glass on a folding phone. Like, that, that is an okay thing to expect. Um, we also now know that we should expect top-tier specs. We've had two of them that have top-tier specs, or at least mid-tier specs, right? The, the Z Flip has last year's high-end specs. So we can expect that. We should expect good cameras. We should expect a hinge that doesn't creep. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should, honestly, we should expect things that fold nearly flat or completely flat. Uh, we should expect... Uh, some level of durability and that is one of the big, big question marks. Uh, Because the Razer Fold's completely flat uh, and whatever they did with the hinge, it it did not run into the catastrophe that the original Galaxy Fold did. They did a better job there Um, and I I should have given them more credit in my review for that. Um, It's possible that when more people get these, these things are going to start breaking all over the place, but I kind of doubt it. But we need to see that continue. Like The Z Flip needs to be as durable as the Razer if not more so and that that trend needs to continue so yeah so like it now is no longer in a place where it's like oh what a curiosity who knows now it's like oh here's another one we can judge it compared to the other ones that came before and we can say whether or not it's any good and we can hopefully watch the prices come down what one more metric and i'm super undecided i'm I'm interested in what you think which
4: is the correct form of external screen because samsung went tiny both of them The both of them are nice in the sense that they allow you to preview what a selfie looks like, which is cool. Using the main, the primary camera, you can take a selfie. That's cool. But it seems like Motorola is doing a lot and maybe not super well. Mm -hmm. Samsung's being pretty minimal there.
3: Yeah, uh, I think that that is, that's like a hard question to answer because like we, there's, there needs to be more experimentation and there needs to be better execution on. Uh, that software on the front-facing screen. Motorola didn't do a great job with like dealing with notifications on it. Uh, Samsung, the screen is so small, there's just not room to make a lot of mistakes. (laughs) 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 Um, So yeah, I don't know. For me, right now, I think I like the Z Flip's answer because I would rather have a small screen that only does a couple of things and an extra 400, I don't know, however many milliamps of battery that provides you by not having space taken up by a screen Hmm. than a big screen. I'd rather have, right now, I'd rather have more battery until Android and or Qualcomm get radically better at uh, preserving battery life on small milliamp uh, batteries. So
0: it just seems like we're at the products are going to come out, iterate on the formula. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be wowed by the fact that they fold. Hinge of mm-hmm. eight. I mean, most are going to hinge of eight.
3: Actually, can I, can yeah. I I'm just going to tell you where we are. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. We are at, I want to say it's like, 2004, 2003. We're at like Trio 600. Oh yeah. And uh, like the big blue uh the first Blackberry phone that had an earpiece. It wasn't the big blue, it was the one that came after that, I think. The first Blackberry phone you didn't that was actually a phone. Right. Like that's where we're at. Both of those phones were like, oh, we should have a QWERTY keyboard. We shouldn't try to have it flip because that's bad because <laughs> uh, the Trio had like a flip-up screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it should actually like make calls directly on the thing instead of requiring like a cable. And, uh, you know, like a the, the couple other things they started to figure out uh, for that generation of smartphones. That's where we're at. You're, you're absolutely implying that uh, this
0: category of products will be paradigm shifted out of existence by
4: Apple. By Nokia.
0: <laughs> well <laughs> – I'm, I'm just, rightly, that's like, if you're going to compare
3: it to Palm and BlackBerry. And I actually hate that when people when people dismiss entire categories because, like, Apple hasn't done it yet. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, this is dumb, but as soon as Apple does it, it'll be great. Like, that drives me nuts. Uh, so I don't want to imply that. And I apologize if that's what I implied. But in terms of, like, the industry is figuring out how to make a phone. Yeah. Like, that is where they're at. I agree with you. like. Is annoying when people like Apple do it right. The reason Apple does it right
0: is because they just don't release the products, which is the thing that we, right. we just said. Like, they Except certainly have a folding iPhone in a lab somewhere. Yeah. Right? It's just they don't like it because it probably has all of the problems that these phones have.
3: Oh, no, no, no. They they don't like it because it turns out you can't make a folding phone without an open app ecosystem, and that's unacceptable to Apple. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish I understood exactly what you meant there, but
0: I don't want to. I well, just like wa- the anger involved. <laughs> <Yeah. is> good. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to dig on that any more than necessary. So, um, but these are like these are the high end sort of concept. Kari people are going to buy them mm-hmm. to have them. No one should buy them to use them. Zone of phones.
3: Yeah. Right now. For the Razer review, we bought and didn't use like a, a collector's box, like a, an acrylic thing that you put like action figures in. You know, so you could buy it yeah. and put it in the box and then never touch it again. That was our idea. And then we used it and it was bad. We're like, it doesn't even deserve to go in the box.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's horrible.
3: All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about the phones you should
0: buy the Galaxy S20.
1: Support for The VergeCast comes from Shopify. Whether you're a huge company or a small crafter trying to make a buck off your hobby, selling online is one of the best ways to grow. Shopify is one of the top e-commerce platforms that you can use to get started. But it's not just online. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And you can sell wherever, online or with their in-person point of sale system. You can also sell more with less effort with their AI powered tool, Shopify Magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. You might recognize more brands who already use Shopify, like Rothy's, Brooklinen, Allbirds, and more. Millions of entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries rely on Shopify for their e-commerce needs. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash VergeCast. That's all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash VergeCast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash VergeCast.
2: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
0: All right, we're back. So there was a Z Flip, which Samsung announced in a commercial. It's obviously what they want, the attention around Build the Buzz. That's not really a, a, a useful phone for most people to buy, we don't think.
3: Right. The S20 is like the flagship phone. Yes, yeah. and speaking of most people, most people figured that out <laughs> looking at the like the audience attention on YouTube <laughs> and our site to which phones people actually wanted to read about. It was, it was the S twenty, and that's why we made you wait thirty minutes before we talked.
0: About <laughs> uh, tell us, well, there there are so many S twenties. Help me understand what's going
3: on here. So there are three of them. And so last year Samsung did the S10e, which was like a lower end, and that they, they didn't like. And so now they're doing an ultra high-end one. So there is the regular S20, there is the S20 Plus, and then there is the S20 Ultra, which is just huge. Yeah. But ironically, I was like, it's huge and it's heavy. And uh, it was pointed out to me that it's actually like, I don't know, a tiny bit lighter than a uh, iPhone Pro Max 11. Of course. 5G, whatever the big one is, it's not 5G. There's just well, that. it is if you have AT and T. It <laughs> just says 5G on it. Uh, so speaking of 5G, these are the very first mainstream phones that are just 5G by default. They've got the Qualcomm 865 processor, which doesn't come with the modem, but the only modem that works with it is Qualcomm's modem, of course, and that modem is 5G. So they all support 5G by default, which means that people are just going to start getting 5G phones whether they really like, are looking for that or not because they're just going to get it when they buy their S20 phones. The thing that's interesting about these like three models is Samsung isn't doing, like, a really clear, like, oh, they're all the same. They're just different sizes. There are, like, weird differences from the S20 to the S20 Plus and from the S20 Plus to the S20 Ultra. So, for example, the S20 only has mid-band 5G, whereas the Plus and the Ultra support millimeter wave.
0: Who has mid-band 5G in the U.S.? That's
3: G-Mobile
0: T-Mobile? T-Mobile. t AT- yeah. AT- yeah. So it's it's basically not Verizon. <laughs> Yeah <laughs> so then there's a not Verizon phone. Yeah.
3: Well, and I think Verizon's actually getting this thing later than the other carriers too, which is fascinating. The other main difference besides screen size between these phones is the camera stuff. And I don't know if you want to like put off talking about the cameras because there's so much to get into or if you want to just do it right now because there's, there's now. other stuff. What are we okay. here for? The big thing that Samsung is doing is they are switching to high megapixel sensors. So normally and traditionally up until a year or two ago and even like, like last year, if you saw a phone with like a 64 megapixel or higher sensor, you knew that like. That phone was going to be bad. You yeah. just did, right? Because like they, they don't, they, they can't make a good camera. They'll throw more megapixels at it. Hope you don't notice. Hope you're snowed by the big pretty number and you buy it. But the S20 has like 64, 48, and even 108 megapixel camera on some of these phones, and that's fascinating. Uh, they, wait, wait, S20,
0: one assumes the the regular S20 has the 48, the middle one has the 64, and the top end has the 108.
3: Yeah. So the the thing is, you put me on the spot here. Figuring out which one has which one is actually like requires me to look at the chart because <laughs> wow. they, they each have their own, they each have three cameras a, a wide, a telephoto, and an ultra wide. Uh, the two bigger ones have time of flight cameras, and the matrix of which one gets which megapixels gets really complicated. So, for example, the S20 has the 64 megapixel on the telephoto, so does the S20 Plus, but on the S20 Ultra, it's got a 48 megapixel on the telephoto and 108 on the standard wide. Hmm. which is, it all just gets like, blah, right? Yeah. Um, The key takeaway here is I think Samsung wants to take business away from Sony when it comes to camera sensors. They're tired of Sony, like everyone uses Sony sensors. And so they're betting on this new 64 and 108 megapixel sensor that they've made that is able to do a particular kind of pixel binning that supposedly solves the problem of low light photography on high megapixel sensors. So the the micron size on like the 108 megapixel sensor, for example, is 0.8, which is real bad. But it's a slightly larger sensor and by default it bins nine of the pixels together into one single pixel. It does it right there on the sensor, so there's no software involved. And then it lays out the RGB pixels on that sensor in you know, in that for that binning, such that when it bins by default, it looks a little bit more like a traditional pixel array. So that it is able to have fewer or fewer problems with, you know, color aberrations on that bin photo. And then if there's enough light where they're like, we don't need to bin, this is great. We can get all the detail we want. It can switch over to 108 megapixels if you want it. Let me just step you back for one second. What does yeah, the word yeah.
4: bin mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is.
3: That's the one. Damn it. That just means group, right? <laughs> yes. It's okay. non binning, according to Samsung, which stands for nine, non a binning. Non-a Non-a all right, we got hinge evasion, we got non-embedding. This is a, a, a red-letter verge cast. Well, Okay, so pixel-bending, you just group the pixels. You just group the pixels together. Uh, and, you know, for a pixel, the light has to hit it. There's, like, walls around the pixel. Remember, uh, Neil, you remember the deep channel deep stuff? D- that yeah. Apple? Deep pixels. Deep yeah, pixels. Right. Okay. So if you have smaller micron size for the pixel and you just group a bunch of them together, it uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get more low light you know the same amount of light that you would from a regular pixel that size but the way they've done it is they they think that their the things that form the walls between their pixels is thinner and better and uh because the way that they lay out the rgb so when there's a pixel it's not just like one thing there's an r and there's a g and there's a b and it senses those different colors and samsung is laying them out slightly differently so that when they get Bin together, put together, it forms a more like natural layout of RGB than it otherwise would if they just had, you know, each one be traditional. We
0: mm-hmm. promise you pixel layout talk on this episode of the Vergecast. Yeah. We are bringing it to you.
4: So there's some, there's like a stronger together aspect of the fact that you've got nine of these working all at once. Right. And you somehow understand the R and Rness ness and the genus and the B ness.
3: Yeah, so, like, you would normally think like it would be RGB, 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 right? And mm-hmm. just whatever. And they're doing, like, RR, GG, BB, right? I'm oversimplifying. But, and so that means it's designed from the jump to, for them to be binned together so that there's less color aberration from that. And it does it on the sensor so there's less, like, waiting for the software. All of which is to say Samsung was faced with a problem. And the problem was the Pixel and the iPhone were taking better photos than the Galaxy S10 by a noticeable margin. And so they needed to solve that problem, and they solved that problem with hardware. Yes, and that is what I love about Samsung
4: the most. (laughs) And, And to be clear, it's not just high megapixel. It is also a very large sensor. It's yes. a large
0: sensor, but by area, like it, right. But that's what I—that's what large means. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing yes. great. But like the, <laughs> it's linear in terms of pixel density.
4: Right. The 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 0.8 micron is the same for the 48 and the 64 and the 108. It's just the 108 is a bigger sensor than the 48 megapixel.
3: Right, but the, the other the other thing that Samsung would tell you is judging it, just saying it's zero point eight microns is unfair because by default it's something closer to like two point four because the thing is designed by default to bin those pixels together right. to get. I'm the just going
0: I'm just gonna. We we've said binning so many times. They're cheating a little bit, a little, possibly. a little bit, yeah, because yeah. they get to say it's a hundred and eight mm-hmm. or forty eight or sixty four, what they really mean is like. 24, because they've just taken their their little discrete pixels, which they're counting for the big number,
4: mm-hmm. to create larger, like, logical but, pixels. But if you have a ton of light, you can shoot the actual 108. But yes, yes. most of the time, you're, you're not shooting
3: 108. Yes, yes. And all of this is actually... We have tried to sum this up so many times. <laughs> all of this is just the technical... Underpinnings for what they actually want to do, which is convince you that these phones can do incredible zoom photography. So the S twenty Ultra has a periscope lens, so it hit, the light hits a prism and it goes across the phone. Uh, Samsung calls it a folding lens, and so it like goes horizontally across the phone. Um, all of these phones do this uh, weird combination of sensor cropping when you zoom, and then they also will take multiple photos and, and stitch them together in sort of an HDR plus mode to improve the zoom. And they say that they can get you up to 100 zoom. They will tell you that the, um, the S20 Ultra can do lossless zoom at up to 10x, How do they do that? Well, it's optical zoom using the periscope lens up to 4X. And then between 4X and 10X, it's some combination of optical zoom and then uh, sensor cropping and or binning depending on how far you're zoomed in and what's appropriate from the sensor. And
4: then you're just cropping a photo after that. Remember when you're like,
3: (laughs) deep fusion is pretty complicated
0: to understand and really know when it's on. Samsung's like, okay, there's a periscope. Yeah. <laughs> no, Step one.
4: Periscopes make so much sense. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they're
0: super practical. Here's what we've done we've introduced a math problem and connected it to a periscope. Yeah. Uh, and Dieter has to say the word binning 500 times, <laughs> but then you get 100x soon. Can I actually just step away from this extremely dense conversation for one second?
3: I, w- I just want to point out that I wasn't gonna go this hard. No, I'm, I wasn't gonna go this hard. But I needed to finally show up, Neil, I and be nerdier about pixels than he is. That's no, true. It is, it is
0: very fair, and I do think this is super interesting because this is this is the f- these are the two fronts in the fight. Yes. Right. There is sort of all the way on the on the far end of the spectrum. There's Google saying. We just bought an off-the-shelf sensor, and we can software our way through it, Yep, and that has been very successful for them. Somewhere in the middle is Apple saying, our sensor's the best one, Mm -hmm. and we're good at software, and Mm -hmm. that combination has been very good for them this year in particular. And then there's Samsung all the way on this side being like, this is a muscle car that we've made. Mm -hmm. We've made it out of... Uh, uh, multiple million smaller muscle cars that add up (laughs) into one gigantic muscle car. Yeah, right. And I love it when Samsung just goes full in on hardware because that's what they're best at. Are they going to do any computational photography stuff, or is that just sort of? The hocus pocus of the Zoom.
3: They are doing some computational photography stuff. So that, that the Zoom does include some of that computational photography. Uh, on low light, I think they're increasing the number of photos they can stitch together up to something like 30 or something, which gets really close to the night vision stuff that, that Google is doing. Um, but, again, with... Camera stuff, and in particular, I hate to say it, and in particular with Samsung camera stuff, you got to wait till you try it because they always talk big game about their cameras. Yes. Uh, And and this year especially, they are like, this is a revolution in photography. Everything changes today. And it's like, wow. Well, let's see if you live up to that.
0: Yeah. Well, they do uh, compute all the details away from your face by default. Yeah. That's a uh, classic Samsung. <laughs> We've examined your face, and our computer will now remove all wrinkles and texture. This paint. is yeah. th-
4: I. Th- I was listening to some podcast. They were talking about like ray tracing in the future. It'll just be like AI algorithms that just know what things look like. Like yeah. you don't you don't really need to render g- games, <laughs> right? You just kind of render a, a, a your best effort, like kind of a simple rasterization, and then you just use AI to fill. I know what water looks like. I'm AI. I'm smart. I feel like our photos are going to more already- and more be like really weird because of that. Like, oh, I know what that background – I know – I've seen grass before. I'll just fill in some grass from my library of grass. That's great. That's what our photos are going to be, just this amalgamation of what AI thinks reality is. We're so
0: close to that already with yeah. some of what the pixel does. Anyway – We can't do that again. We've done it once. We've done it 10 times on the show. We can't do it now. Can I just tell you what my favorite camera on the S20 is just by Mm -hmm. looking at the spec sheet? Yeah. Selfie camera, S20 Ultra, 40 megapixels F2.2. Bring it. They did it. Yeah. Someone finally did it and just put the big camera on the front. Yeah. It makes me so happy. Yeah. Is it any good?
3: I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, I will tell you that my favorite new uh, camera mode, I think it's called single t- shot, single take, something like that. It takes all of Samsung's weirdo camera modes and just does them at once. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> like, you point the camera at somebody, you hit you hit the button, you wait 10 seconds while stuff happens, and then you just get a collage of all of the weird camera features that Samsung has, and you can just pick the ones you want to so save. That's so smart. That's so yeah. good. That's it's such f- a
0: good solution to Samsung being itself.
3: Yeah. I love it.
0: Like we've given you too many choices. Mm-hmm. Because we're Samsung, we're not going to choose to help you understand those choices. We don't want to limit those choices. We're not even going to help you pick one. Mm-hmm. We've <laughs> we've even created another mode that's all of the choices.
4: I love it. That's well, it only best. It
3: only shows you the stuff that it thinks actually turned out well. So it doesn't do everything. Oh, does but- it doesn't? No, that's what I want. Yeah, I want. Sorry. I want the one where it's like it's uh,
0: it's high noon, and we're uh, here's night mode. Let's see what that's <laughs> like.
3: <laughs> Nothing in this scene is moving. Here's the cinematograph. let's see what happens here. Yeah. Uh, um, that's great. The screens are 240 hertz. They they um, not 240 hertz. Sorry. The screens are a uh, high refresh rate, 120 hertz. They come out of the box at 60, but you can tick it up to 120 if you want. Um, and Samsung isn't screwing around with, like, trying to dynamically change the refresh rate based on the content and if the screen's moving or not. They're like, nope, screw it. If you turn it on, it's on. Really? Yep. Is that – isn't that supposed to save battery yeah, that sounds like a recipe for no battery. Well, they claim that it's only about a 10% hit on battery if you just turn it on. We shall see. Yeah, that's a big question mark out yeah. right there.
0: I mean, between the 5G radio – Yep. High refresh screen, mm-hmm. the Periscope I'm sure is costly.
3: <laughs> Shoot an 8K video if you want. Yeah, 8K. Are, are these the first 865 phones? To, what, what are? Uh, I think they they have been. I think they've been beaten to the punch technically on both 8K and maybe the 865 by like a Chinese phone manufacturer that's uh, escaping me. Because I just we wonder we if we the 865
4: is just bonkers good. Like we'll see. 120 hertz, no problem. I'll put that one on, on one of my little cores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I think there's been 865s out. Uh,
3: I definitely like saw it on a spec sheet around CS time. Yeah. The big takeaway for me, though, was looked at the phones, took a bunch of pictures, tried to guess if it was any good, shot video of it. You know, The e- Xiaomi Mi 10. All, there it is, yeah. Looked at all the stuff, walked away, uh, and was like, yep, those are Galaxy phones. They are incredibly, wildly impressive. They have every spec you could possibly ask for, but they're just, you know, they're just, quote-unquote, they're Galaxy phones. Like, they don't – I don't know if they feel like they're the start of a whole new generation of phones that justifies jumping from S11 to S20, which is Samsung's claim.
4: Well, I like it because it lines up with what year we're on, so it's just going to be easier to keep track of.
3: Yeah, that's probably – that's but, that's
4: but, it. but yeah it doesn't doesn't seem like a leap forward other than the the price is a bit of a leap forward the
3: price is a leap well the cameras could be a leap that's the claim like uh. the the 5G and the cameras are the, the two things that they're most excited about uh the fi- the cameras because Samsung gets to flex that their sensors are really good and they can do all sorts of crazy math with photos and the 5G because uh, it's 5G and that means that um you know carriers will sneeze and back back it up with marketing cuz they have to that's
4: right vr and ar is now enabled because of five, that's my favorite 5g feature i just yeah.
0: want to point out
4: uh, i'll get to that
0: <laughs> i just want to point out it was the me10 was announced today i just was mm-hmm. looking also at also has the, 108
4: megapixels yeah. looking
0: at the news wrong uh, the zt axon 10s pro came out before samsung uh, so that
3: was
4: it
0: okay. i just want to get it right I mean, the fi- look, bet- I think that battery life question is super real, right?
3: Mm-hmm. But the got- batteries are huge. It's 4,000, 4,500, and 5,000. that's why it's a gigantic phone?
0: Yeah. Okay. But still, like, you've got new radio, a new network that is probably going to be switching a lot between LTE and 5G just based on the coverage that exists that we know about yeah. so far. So you've got a new radio switching and hunting a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's the first generation of those radios, really. Aside from the sort of gigantic monster version, so second, it's kind of the second. It's the, the second. second generation yeah. of those radios. It's the first generation of those networks still. Yeah. Okay. You've got monster camera sensors, mm-hmm. gigantic Huge screens. screens that you can run at high refresh rate. Yep. Like I am just like already
3: worried about battery life,
0: and you've got a really powerful processor. Like yeah, it's just a thing.
3: Yep. Uh, all of that is a thing to worry about. Uh, but it's possible. That it'll be fine. You know, when um, LTE first came out or WiMAX, you know, there were settings to just stay on the older network, right, to preserve battery life. And a bunch of people did that, especially with that very first generation LTE, fo- LTE phones. I was like, nope, I'm just staying on 3G. I want my phone to last more than two hours. Is there
0: any greater indictment of 5G than people buying the first expensive flagship phones for the network and not using 5G? Just based on all of the hype that you have heard. Yeah, like how will you do robot surgery with your Samsung S twenty?
4: If you turn off five G, firemen see through smoke. (laughs) Yeah,
0: is there will there be any greater indictment than when we do that? How to turn off five G on your Samsung S twenty? You
4: know who wins the race (laughs) if you do that? I'm assigning that
0: post right now. (laughs) I don't even know if you could do it. I just know that post will get more search traffic than anything we do that month.
4: Yeah, I I like the idea that like I mean if you think of I mean phones are very much like this already but there's just different modes for what you do like when you're listening to music on your phone and the screen's off is very different than when you're playing like a 3D game you know yeah. there's obviously lots of different tiers but I I definitely could see the internet being like I need a boost mode there's also there are there's also this interesting thought with the internet where is it let's say the 5G could buffer your video so quickly that it only does like half a second worth of of internet activity and then it just goes to sleep because it's already buffered the whole YouTube video. You know you know that idea that that could theoretically save battery. You sound right now like a <laughs> telecom executive.
0: You're just making stuff up. <laughs> the that problem sounds is,
4: good. Is that they don't pay me anything?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like you could be just a random 5G network equipment well, vendor maybe this right is now. A career I Imagine consider. a network. <laughs> Where all uh, activity took place in fractions of a second, enabling a future of right. smart cars and robot flower less vendors. less network right congestion. So that look, there's first no MWC this year. Where are we going to get this kind of information?
3: <laughs> can I say one more thing about the? Um, yeah. Well, two more things. Uh, one, uh, they put enough RAM in these phones, so it's twelve gigs by default. The Ultra can get up to sixteen. That's amazing. Uh, two, the Samsung event. Um, it. It uh, was—first, it was like the coming out party for uh, the new president of the mobile division, uh, TM Rowe. And so he was on stage a bunch, and I think that was a good call. Uh, But two, it was—there was this surreal parade of partnerships— Netflix came on stage and said, we're partnering with Samsung. And I was like, well, what, what, what does that mean? And they're like, we're partnering with Samsung. Uh, the, there's going to be a Netflix screen on the Bixby screen or something. I don't know. Google came on stage and was like, we're friends with Samsung too. Uh, we get to say the word Android on stage because Samsung won't do it. <laughs> and also, we are the first and only operating system to support 5G natively, which is a thing they got to say today, which Aww. is kind of amazing. Isn't there also some like duo thing? Oh yes, there's a Duo partnership where Duo is now the blessed first-party video chat app on Samsung phones. I
4: literally thought they canceled Duo.
3: No, no it's Allo. Yeah, Allo is canceled. Duo is the good one, the oh, popular one. That's basically becoming the standard video chat on on Android. Okay. Um, Microsoft uh, on stage, not to talk about the Office stuff, uh, but instead to talk about uh, Forza. There's okay. a mobile version of Forza. They didn't talk about XCloud for some reason, although we Wait. later got a statement that was like, yes xCloud good, Samsung good. Wink, wink. Just to be clear, the Forza
4: is a is just a game that runs on your phone. It's yes. not an X Cloud game. Yeah. No. Correct. Okay. Interesting. Yes. I was very confused by that. Yet another
0: battery life <laughs>
3: drainer for the Samsung Galaxy S20. Yeah. They're, they're just, they, Samsung is like trying to form like this, like, I don't know, like, axis, <laughs> like an alliance of companies to make sure that Apple doesn't take over, which is weird because Samsung has got huge market share, but they are definitely hugging a bunch of other big tech companies pretty close uh, for some reason. And maybe it's that like they know that no one is ever going to like really want to start signing up for and paying for Samsung services in the near future, so they figure they may as well get the services that people actually like and have those brands associated with Samsung. That's my guess. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes – I mean, how many services
0: have they tried to make it? Yeah. They made milk music. They, <laughs> like, yep. like a massive music service. It doesn't exist any. Like they, they can't do it. Like mm-hmm. there's no Bixby button on it. We actually have not – there are two things the phones don't have. They don't have a Bixby button. They don't nope. have a headphone jack.
4: Yep. Wait, they don't have DeX either, right? No,
0: they just didn't announce it because DeX is one of those Samsung features that, like, they announced it real big, and it'll just stay on the phone forever, and no one will use it. Well, yeah. that's I like mean... Miracast.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, so the 8K that you can shoot natively on the phone, you can cast to an 8K TV directly from the phone. And I was like, wow, <laughs> how does that work? Does Google Cast support Here's 8K? Here's what happens. You, and you push then, no, no, the no, button. No, no, no. no, 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 no they said, you know, I think it's I think it's some kind of Miracast. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's still 8K there. 8K Miracast.
0: All right, we're, we, we got to stop this. The phones look cool. When are they coming out?
3: Uh, they're coming out March 6th. pre pre-order start February 21st. Uh, they start at $999.99, which is pretty expensive. And you can spend up to $1,600 you want, which is very expensive. If you'd rather just get an S10, they've dropped the price on all of last year's S10s by, like, I think around 150 bucks. I mean, again, this
0: is going to be the... This is the year when the 5G networks come out and the 5G hype train's rolling, Mm -hmm. and people buy the S20 and they turn off the 5G radio, or they just buy an S10 because it's cheaper and it'll work just fine. Yeah. The rubber is going to hit the road on the 5G hype this year, and I cannot wait. It's very exciting. Let's take a break and talk about that when we come back on The Vergecast.
5: Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact.
2: Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
0: All right, we're back. Look, we've talked a lot about exciting hardware. Uh Mm -hmm. We've talked about the future of cameras, uh, the organization of pixels into bins. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: It's been great. Yep. I'd like to ruin that all. excited. By talking about a merger. (laughs) Uh, So uh, let me actually just set this. Go ahead. But first... Oh, yeah. Because we never forget. Every week. <laughs> Sorry. America's <laughs> falling apart. It's over, Paul. Do it anyway. You do a segment every week. It's called I br- can't believe I forgot. It's,
4: it's it. fine. It's called Bring Back Bump. Because <laughs> the very important feature that we forgot to mention is that Samsung has reinvented AirDrop, which Google yes. has tried to reinvent like a couple times. Reinvent is not the correct word for this, but you know what I mean. People have files on their their phones, and they want them to be on other people's phones also. Apple has solved this internally inside of its ecosystem. Nobody's really solved this um, on Android. I was not even aware that uh, that there was a feature um, in Android to do to do this in the in the Files app. I don't know. And now Google's kind of working on another thing. But now Samsung has its own. What's it called? Quick Share. So Samsung's working on Quick Share, So I'm, yeah. I'm guessing this is going to be between Samsung phones. All I'm wondering is like why – like if you don't remember, Bump was early on in the Apple um, App Store ecosystem. There was this app. You'd put it on your phone. And if you and somebody else both had it open, you'd physically bump your phones into each other. Uh-huh. And then the Bump app would check your location and who else had bumped at the exact same time, and then it would transfer contact information. This is the first original misuse of cloud <laughs> computing resources. It's <laughs> really well, terrifying, terrifying like, if you think about it now. You
0: know how it's like we got to turn on this light bulb by sending a <laughs> yeah. command to like, Amazon Web
3: Services, and then it's going to send it back to a local device or network? Hey, Paul, Please. hey, Paul, can I, can I just tell you what happened to Bump? Google bu- Bump. <laughs> Google Photos is what happened to Bump. <laughs> But all of this to say is like bump as
4: messed up as that was. We're gonna track a, your accelerometer, it send a, it to a cloud server along with your location. It was a method of sending information from one phone to another. Something that Palm, like we bring up this ad like every other episode, but Palm solved with IR beaming, right? Like, but <laughs> nowadays, unless you have an Apple phone and someone else has an Apple phone, people don't really know how to send files directly between phones. And so, I just think you know, all our phones have NFC now. They should just there should be some protocol. Bring back bump. Yeah, you just touch two phones, and it says, like, hey, we saw that you just touched phones. Here are some services that you both have. Yeah. Do you want to engage in any of them?
3: Uh, that was called Android Beam, and mm-hmm. it was so bad that Google just quietly killed it. Yeah, And they're supposedly working on a uh, new replacement, and it may or may not work You know, across, uh, universally across Android phones. It may or may not work across, like— windows or chrome os uh meanwhile samsung's like well t- whatever then they just built their own uh it works across galaxy phones and they also uh built they're they're just doing a free um link service where you can just upload to, up to five gigabytes a day to their cloud and the, the, they'll just live in their cloud for anybody to download for i don't know 24 or 48 hours or something so you can share files that way to people that don't have galaxy phones also i'm, I'm hijacking your segment to talk uh, about no, That's fine. The Bluetooth sharing feature. Have you heard of this? No. So here's a problem. You're driving in your car and your friend is sitting in the passenger seat and your friend wants to play music on the Bluetooth on your car. What do they do? Yes. If they pair to the Bluetooth of your car, then your phone's going to get unpaired and that's a hassle. Mm -hmm. So what if, imagine if instead of pairing to your car, they could pair to your Galaxy phone? And then once that happens, they are able to use Wi-Fi Direct to stream the music from their phone to your phone, and then your phone uses Bluetooth to stream it to your car speakers. <laughs> I mean,
4: okay, okay. So that sounds horrible, you know? But you, you don't, don't have really to work. imagine, Paul, because it's real. <laughs> They're doing the work, you know, because that's what I'm saying. All, all that's happening is like I'm a friend in a car, and I want to play music, right? And these tech companies, I don't care how they do it; they got to solve the problem. Samsung at least is doing putting. In I, the just wanna, I just
0: want to, I just want to, at this time, point out that there was a hundred-year-old hardware interconnect connect <laughs> that never failed. Eight track. It just, it was there. It was just <laughs> fine. It worked really well across every device. Also worked for file transfers
4: with the uh,
0: iPod Shuffle. There you go. (laughs) Maybe we extended it too far with that one. <laughs> I'm just saying, it is amazing that we're like, we got to get rid of this port so that we can we can send music over Wi-Fi, so that we can send music over Bluetooth. Again, destroying the battery of Samsung No, you put them, you they charge each other when you put the box together. <laughs> Just it was really good. The headphone jack it did a lot <laughs> without. <laughs> how do we add more computers to music? The Samsung executive <laughs> said that day. Uh, I don't even. now I'm just out of juice. All <laughs> right, sorry. T-Mobile was allowed to buy Sprint. <laughs> Whomp Whomp. Whomp. <laughs> Can I just read you some? of this? So there's the look. Everyone kind of knew this was going to happen because the Department of Justice and the FCC like basically corruptly brokered this deal. I'm sorry, McConnell. Delrahim, he's in charge of antitrust in this country. He's like sending emails to T-Mobile executives being like, you should call that senator of yours. This really? doesn't seem like what the guy in charge of antitrust enforcement should do. Yeah, that's what he did, it's all in the trial, great. Everyone knew it was going to happen. Like, John Ledger spending millions of dollars at Trump's hotel in D.C. It's Just happen. a coincidence. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice hotel from what I'm told. Also owned by the president. The president, by the way, hated the deal. Until he started staying in the hotel. Really? Yeah, it's like, it's shady. Everyone knows it's gonna happen, even though it's also going. Right? I don't love it, but Sprint's bad. I think this plan to make Dish Network a fourth carrier seems shaky. But, like, okay, like, we know it's gonna happen. What I was not expecting was for the world's most emo judge (laughs) to start this decision with like 10 pages of poetry Mm -hmm. about
4: how no one can predict
0: the future. Let me just read this to
4: you. It's not wrong, you can't predict the future.
0: How the future, this is the judge before he even starts talking about wireless networks. How the future manifests itself and brings to pass what it holds is a multifaceted phenomenon that is not necessarily guided by theoretical forces or mathematical models. Mm-hmm. Now, I ask you, is that copy from Judge Victor Morero of the United States Second District of New York or Gwyneth Paltrow? Because that's some goop
3: shit right there. I'm just putting that. No, he's, he's clearly making the case that the Hegelian dialectic, which was the foundation of Marxist theory, is incorrect. And because we are not communists or socialists, obviously this merger should go through.
0: Courts employ various behavioral measures that not even the most exhaustive and authoritative technical expert study could not adequately capture or gauge as a reliable prognosticator. Of likely events set in motion fundamentally by business decisions made by various live sources, relevant market competitors, other market participants, public agencies, and
4: even consumers. You can't predict what's going to happen in the market the way you figure it out. is You just let the market act out. Let people do what they want to with the things that they own, and then you see how, how it shakes out. Maybe.
0: Sure. I like I 100% agree with you on, on that. I just – I don't – usually judges don't just like – they don't say things like all of these experts cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. Like that's not – you're not usually like what we'd like you to do is put on your trial. Put on Put on your case. Mm-hmm. And then the other side will put out their case. And then I as a judge will say your cases have canceled each other
4: out. Well, and those cases are the, the state's attorney general were saying to this judge, don't do this. Don't allow this merger, which this merger has been going on for like a year and a half, two years. They're saying don't do it because of this will be bad for Verizon and AT&T. So so
0: let me me back up out of this feelings zone. mm -hmm. The way this goes through, just like the the boring practical process of this, the DOJ says you guys want to merge. We would like you to make some concessions in order to get the deal, whether you do that above board or not. Whatever, in order to get the concessions, the DOJ files to stop the merger. So they, the DOJ filed a complaint mm-hmm. saying we want to stop the merger. You can read that; com- it's out in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a different proceeding. That complaint laid out a whole thing. Then T-Mobile and Sprint agreed to their concessions, and the, the DOJ filed the settlement
4: agreement. And that's how the, all this Dish stuff got involved, right?
0: Yep, and that's where the Dish stuff came at all. They made the deal. They brokered this arrangement. So f- just from the jump. The government's position is don't do this. On its face, this is bad, but for these conditions that we've agreed on.
4: And then they agreed to those
0: concessions. And they've agreed to those concessions. Then all that's done. The state's attorneys general say that deal isn't good enough. So we're filing to stop it. So it's not just stop it on its face. It's already the Department of Justice said in order to merge, in order to pass our review, we filed a complaint saying your stuff is bad. T-Mobile and Sprint made a bunch of concessions to get over that hump. Dish Network agreed to do a bunch of stuff. And the, the states are saying this isn't good enough. So it's not just like purely stop it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Right. Like they were already, this is bad. We're going to give you a bunch of stuff to get to okay. Okay. And we're saying it's not good enough.
4: So they want maybe more concessions.
0: Potentially or whatever. So the, the states put on the case saying, if you let this happen, here's all this evidence we have beyond experts and economists we have here are some emails from executives from these companies saying we're doing this to raise prices here would you like to read those emails judge Mm
4: -hmm.
0: and the judge was like i've read the emails but that john ledger
2: he's awesome
0: (laughs) also sprint sucks and like mostly what he <laughs> talked about in this decision is it's how so, bad
3: it's so Sprint true is. This is like, my favorite
4: part. Like, like even if even if this is a trash network like 5 years from now, like in, in a, a couple months from now, Sprint people will wake up and they'll have a way better life. Maybe. Like Sprint customers. Oh yeah,
0: you're saying like the bar is so low that yeah. even if they blow it. Okay. So he's like, look, Sprint is really bad. Mhm. In my evaluation is that if we just leave them apart, Sprint will actually stop being a competitor. Mm-hmm. So you won't get the thing you want. It'll go to four to three anyway because Sprint will just like fade into oblivion. Right. That's one of those like unknowable things. Like, yeah. would it fade into oblivion? If it faded into oblivion enough, would Dish just buy it and be well, good or at it? Well you could
4: argue it has faded into oblivion, and they are they are in the selling off the assets phase.
0: Right. So the question is, do you let do you let the third competitor? buy the fourth one when they're in that phase, or do you let someone else enter the market and try to revitalize the fourth carrier so that you have four? The whole goal
4: here is the math, the models, Right. It's trying history. to predict the future and try to centrally plan the economy.
0: No. It's very much like when you go in every other country in the world, when you've gone from four carriers to three, prices go up. That's a thing that we know. You can just like go to Canada. They have three carriers. Prices are sky high. Other countries in Europe, they've gone from four to three- prices go. It's just the thing that happens. It's not unpredictable. The judge is like, everything's unpredictable. But he knows. He's, he's like, okay, we got to have four. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to evaluate this deal on whether John Ledger, will, who I think is the best, mm-hmm. is going to raise prices right, and or whether Dish Network is actually going to build a network. Because there's some evidence here, emails from, from Deutsche Telekom executives being like, they're going to build a network that the lawyers can see like, past legal muster, but no consumer overuse.
4: Right. Which just – I don't think we've mentioned it yet. Like, DISH gets some spectrum and also gets to be an MVNO that uses T-Mobile's network for, like – Seven years. And But there's, like, three years of real good times or something like that.
0: Yeah. So, it's just, like, a very complicated deal. Mm. Right. So, DISH gets boost. Which is a uh, prepaid service. Mm. They get this MVNO access to T-Mobile, the new combined T-Mobile Sprint network, uh, on some favorable terms for some amount of time, and then they they get some spectrum. They already have a lot of spectrum. What they're not hurting for is spectrum. Like, DISH owns a lot of spectrum. They own so much that the FCC has been like, you got to use that spectrum. they pay paid penalties for not using the spectrum. Mm-hmm. The question is, why does this have so much spectrum that they don't use? This really bothers me. But they have a lot of spectrum they don't use. So this is like, the government's like, well, if we gave you some more spectrum, would you use it? And they're like, yes. Everyone thinks they're just holding on to the spectrum so that when there's a big crunch, they can sell it at a higher price, which mm-hmm. is a smart strategy. All of this, like, wraps up in... The judge looks at the case. He looks at the evidence. He looks at the email saying the prices will go up. He, we actually ran this on the site. He looks at slide decks that T-Mobile made being like, what's our future? We shouldn't get into a price war so that we can buy Sprint and then raise prices. Oh, there's favorable signaling from AT&T and Verizon that we can raise prices. And he says, you know what? I don't think John Ledger is going to do that. I've evaluated him on the stand. I've, I've observed his demeanor. hmm I think he's going to hold to his principles and keep prices low because otherwise T-Mobile would lose its image, which is just the most – like, what are you talking – first of all, he's leaving. Like, Ledger's out. He's announced his plan to to leave. Mike Sievert's coming in. He's the new CEO. Sievert's, like, a good dude. Like, we've interacted with him before. But, like – There's no Ledger. (laughs) It's just like you cannot – you cannot say a telecom executive – is not going to try to make more money. Of course they're going to try to make more money. That's what they do. That's what telecom executives do. That's the, that's the whole, that's the whole
4: point. The the, the the question is, are they going to be competitive in the market, or, or are are the big three now going to just collude, and everybody has the exact same plan that basically starts at $100 a month?
0: And I'm What I'm saying to you is that the history of the world suggests that when you get to three networks, mm-hmm. that is what happens.
4: I just don't understand what's so
0: special about three
4: because you, like you often three is like a good like you want a three-legged stool
0: <laughs> no it's there's you don't have a you don't have a very cheap Challenger brand that keeps everybody honest right like that and that's not like Sprint was like ran out of money by just like literally giving service away mm. but it forced T-Mobile to try to peel off some of those customers and underpriced the big two so now if you've got the big network, And you can just be a little bit cheaper than the big two. Over time, you'll gain market share. You'll even it out. Yeah. And everyone will have the same prices.
4: I could see that happening. The other way I could see it going is that now there are three truly like best in class networks. There's three networks that have AT and T and Verizon style coverage, which T-Mobile I don't think never quite got there. They didn't. No. Uh, Sprint definitely. There's a
0: logic to this where you say. Sprint has a bunch of good spectrum. Mm-hmm. T-Mobile has some okay spectrum. They've, T-Mobile has good management. Right. Sprint it's, has a disaster. It's such a weird— We'll t- just give the good spectrum to
4: the good It's manager. like if there was two paint stores and, like, one store only had some colors and the other store had some of the other colors. and they want You know, like, it, it, the spectrum thing, the exclusivity of spectrum is is a really—makes it such a weird situation. Also, it really bothers me how much <laughs> unused spectrum there is. Now. I'm just mad thinking about it. I'm just saying that this decision to me
0: is I've read a lot of bad court decisions mm-hmm. aside from the dunks on Sprint, would which you like me we to, really
3: need to just enjoy together at some yeah. point in this I, conversation.
0: I'll just read you some. I mean, it's
3: the, like the, it's
0: like a lot of them.
4: Do, if you'll recall, I bought a pre, I was stoked on the pre. I had to take back the pre and cancel that subscription because Sprint was not sufficiently serving me as a customer. For roughly the
0: past fifteen years, Sprint has made multiple ill-advised technological and business decisions,
3: which have resulted in a chronically underdeveloped network that is inconvenient for consumers to use. Sprint's offers deserve some consideration for their pro-consumer posture, but in retrospect, they reflect a desperate and ultimately unsuccessful effort to stay relevant rather than a sustainable long-term business strategy.
0: Yeah, the company is at best struggling to even tread water. That's <laughs> just like the opinion of the United States. Oh, Sprint. It's good. I mean, it's like they're, they're not wrong. Yeah. But I don't know. Due in part to several questionable technological choices, <laughs> Sprint's network is poorer in quality than those of its competitors. Mm-hmm. And it's a brand image is correspondingly poor. <laughs> like, all right, so Sprint, they messed up. Yeah. Fine. I think the big question is, do you believe just based on how charming these executives are, which is fundamentally the, how the judge made his decision, right? From this evaluation, the court culled a number of telltale patterns of conduct business managers manifest that could serve as persuasive predictors of whether or not commercial firms are likely to engage in anti-competitive actions. He just watched them, he, and he has this big list of things that he was like looking for when they were on the stand. John Ledger and Charlie Ergen, the chairman of DISH, very charming people. Do you think you can just look at those two and say, even though in every other country where we've gone from four to three, prices have gone up, even though they're sending each other emails being like, can't wait to raise prices, <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to raise prices because they're charming. And that is how he made his decision.
3: Yeah. And I, a-
0: that is just bonkers. To me. Even though I expected the decision, mm. the fact that he was like, they're so charming and Sprint sucks. Let's mm. just spin the dice. Like, f- fine. But – Usually you dress it up by being like, I've like when I did the at and Time Warner decision that I thought was bad. Mm-hmm. I have to at least admit I had to cut out like I just skipped a hundred pages of the judge doing math mm. to figure out whether cable rates would rise 17 cents. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Well, I respect this effort. It's very boring. I do not think the audience wants to read it. But he, he was in it. Mm. This judge is like, this all cancels each other out. John Ledger. Super cool. <laughs> He's one of those people who could just read people. <laughs> so, Dish, which is being gifted all this access to T-Mobile's network, yeah. what they have proposed to do is actually very smart, sort of on its face. They're like, we're not going to build a 4G network. Oh. We're just going to do 5G. We're, when, and then we don't have this like, legacy stuff to deal with. We're going to. Okay, so that's already kind of risky. You're, you're years behind, but you can sell today's phones that run on T-Mobile's network at, the, at this presumably favorable pricing strategy. So, that's their like, big plan. We're going to use all of our spectrum um, and all these uh, decommissioned cell sites we're getting from Sprint, and we're going to build a 5G network. Okay, then their next plan is they're going to build a software-defined network. Okay. Which is a, like a holy grail of the wireless industry. The problem is there are no vendors for this. Okay. Like, there's a bunch of like, small companies, but, like the big companies don't sell this stuff. They should buy Ericsson. <laughs> so we should buy Ericsson. So they got to like buy a bunch of parts from the smaller vendors and actually build the software and integrate it to build this network. This okay. is like a risky plan. Then on top of that, mm-hmm. they want to use this thing called an open radio access network. Okay. So right now, radio networks are like uh, closed systems. So you like you buy your stuff from Nokia, Ericsson, or Huawei. It's their stuff. Their hardware runs their software. That's that's your cell service. Mm-hmm. Their max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, it's, it is true that Nokia optimizes its software for its hardware when you yeah. buy their network. With. Yeah. ORAN is this like, plan uh-huh. to have like, some standards of hardware and software such that you can buy software from one vendor, hardware from another vendor, this whole thing. Why does this plan exist? This will succeed when we hit the year of the Linux desktop. Is what yes, you're saying? So why does ORAN? By the way, ORAN. Just it doesn't matter where in the tech stack you are. It's always the same problems. Yeah. There's like an alliance for ORAN that all the companies have started. <laughs> They're going to ship an open standard. Like you, you know this story whether you you know the acronyms or not. It's right? it's RCS,
3: <laughs> but for radios. Yeah, it's,
0: it's the same Tales deal, right? It's, it's the Zigbee Alliance has formed for ORAN. Yeah. So they, there's like a alliance of industry. That are going to make an open standard, blah, blah. Why are they doing this? Because Huawei is coming in and undercutting the big vendors, mm-hmm. and it is very expensive to build the full stack. So, if you can decouple the stack, use an open standard, you can get more vendors in the marketplace. Hopefully, you can drive prices down okay. and compete with Huawei. Yeah. It's like a very American how are we going to defeat the big bad Chinese firm? Competition and hustle. Like, that's the idea. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Bill Barr, who you. Might have some feelings about one way or the other is like actually, Oran is stupid. It'll it's a pipe dream. It'll <laughs> never work. In order to defeat Huawei, we got to buy Nokia
3: now. And, and speaking, okay, why does Bill Barr, the Attorney General of the United States, have have any knowledge about how five G networks work? Like, uh, he used to be a telecom executive. There you go. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's all it's all the same. This uh, is also somebody who wants to get rid of uh our, our, the protections afforded by encryption.
0: Yes. Yes. That's why so he wants I'm not to my
4: note. really trusting this guy for like, my like, tech,
0: <laughs> tech I'm not saying you have to trust su- him or not. I'm just saying, like, deep in the heart of all of this T Mobile craziness right. is this plan okay. of Dish okay. to build a network using the stack of technologies. That doesn't exist. It un- doesn't exist.
4: Unproven. But isn't that what businesses do? Is no, that they is like all try to make things work and maybe it works and maybe I- it doesn't?
0: I am I- just contextualizing the fact. That the judge wrote all of this down is mm-hmm. though it is definitely going to happen, definitely going to work, of and
4: course it's not importantly, a definitely. he led off saying nobody can know the future. And yet, <laughs> and yet, let me just let me just add, let me just read a line to you. Okay,
0: although the full impact of five G remains to be seen, it promises significant increases in the speeds available to consumers, lower consumption of mobile devices batteries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think that future is unknowable, Paul? <laughs> I'm just saying. It's just this. It, it's, it, he bought all the hype. That's mm, all I'm saying. Yeah. He, he bought all the hype that Dish can definitely pull off this plan, that they will definitely enter the market. They will be- definitely build a network that is cheaper than everyone else's network using, he didn't mention Oran is an unproven technology. Here's the judge. Dish's innovative network plans also demonstrate that construction of its mobile network will be less costly and time-intensive than normally expected. While the mobile cores of traditional network require large amounts of hardware that are costly to install and maintain, Dish plans to construct a virtualized network that relies more heavily on software and cloud hosting services provided by potential partners like Amazon. Mm -hmm. First of all, those are all just declarative sentences. It It will be less costly. Second of all, what are you talking about at this time? <laughs> like a- Amazon's going to show up and build Dish a network? Like it's, he just bought it. Like Dish was like, here's our plan. Amazon will help us build a network with AWS because mm. of software provided radios. And the judge was like, yes, this will definitely As
4: happen. is their right. This is what companies do. They, they, they take a lot of capital and they invest it and try to build things so that then they can make more money.
0: Sure. I'm just saying if you're the judge and you're saying I'm trying to keep four like, networks alive, I guess what bugs buying me, the yeah, hype yeah, yeah.
4: is not what you should do. I guess what bugs me is this default position that, like, by default, the U.S. government, no to business. No, you can't do anything with the so business you own. You are not allowed until you come to us and beg for permission. And only under the very specific strictures that we apply to your business will we allow you to act you know, with, with the things that you own in the ways that you want.
0: No one's stopping DISH from doing any of this. They have a bunch of spectrum they're not using. The government's actually trying to get them to do this. That's just true. That's the whole deal. Is the government pushing? Yeah. Dish well, Dish to do is this.
4: only pulled into this because the government told Sprint and T-Mobile that they couldn't do what they wanted to do for years. Like, and like, is the government going to pay damages to Sprint and T-Mobile now that they're allowing this to go through? After, like, how much damage has this done to both of these businesses who couldn't really move forward? This is the, but this is the cost of plan clearly for the future because of all the uncertainty in their industry built by specifically by the government. But you're supposed to. To do merger review, like Who, who's let me, l- you're like at the end to? of
0: it, like uh, sure, I can give you this example easily. If you didn't have merger review and you didn't block mergers, the next thing that would happen,
4: mm-hmm.
0: the absolute next thing that would happen, is Verizon, AT and T would merge. The next thing that would happen after that is that Verizon, AT and T, and new T Mobile and Sprint would merge, it, like immediately, no questions asked. Why? Because then they would have one hundred percent market share and they could just raise prices. It's obvious that that would happen. It's like, it's not even a question. The only reason it's not happening is because the government would stop it. The next thing that would happen is that Ford and GM would merge and create one big car company. Like you need cha- you need competition in the market. The government has to protect that because that's actually the foundation of the before system.
4: Before we had antitrust law, it's not like there was just one business in the country.
0: Uh, why is it called antitrust law?
4: Because we hate trust. <laughs>
0: no, because we because all the big companies form trusts to own their collection of the market. I mean, that's literally they, before they're called monopolies, they're called trusts. Mm. So, like, standard oil had all the
4: oil production in the country. And oil prices were going down, were they? Yeah. This is, like, my zone. I'm pretty good at this. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the oil prices were going down under standard oil.
0: No. All right. I mean, like. They, then they, they were going to buy railroads like they were just going to buy like it's a threat to like literally the government if private industry gets this power. I mean, there's a whole
4: episode. So of you Qing say Wu. we could wait, we could bring down the government.
0: Yeah, do it. <laughs> uh, we see, I oh, mean, man. look, my goal uh, at the end of all this I, and I support this. Mm-hmm. I think we should merge all the companies. Right. Merge uh. the companies with the government mm. and then I will lead a scrappy rebellion.
4: Mm. Ah. I can't
0: get to that place unless we do the other thing. So let's merge them all and just merge right. them with the
4: government. The only reason that a, a single carrier would be any problem at all is because the FCC gives exclusive rights to Spectrum.
0: You don't think that there's any reason a single carrier would be any problem at all no, because except you, that the FCC
4: exists. You could ha- You could start a new competitor if you wanted to How? if you had access to Spectrum. But literally, Spectrum. You would not; it would be unusable unless it was managed. We all we all share this tiny little sliver of Wi-Fi spectrum. It seems to work
3: somehow. Well, that's that's just a that's a function of how far Wi-Fi goes on that spectrum. It's
0: but a function of the fact that the radios are limited in power output. Two point four gigahertz is not a good piece slice but we, of spectrum. But we regulate the power output of the radios, hmm. so it's unlicensed. But the radios are not allowed to interfere at distance. There's like, like, have you ever been in an apartment building with like lots of like Wi-Fi 20, access points? There's
4: 20 access points. Is that a great?
0: Is that a great experience? It Wi-Fi? works, ish. Like, like it obviously degrades yeah. your experience, right? Sure. Hey, look, it's fine. Like, that's a great. There should be more unlicensed spectrum. But if you want to operate a cell network across the country, you need to manage the spectrum. You, for example, if you would like people to watch television, you cannot encroach on their signals because you would just
4: destroy the television networks of the country. As far as you know.
0: I'm pretty confident in that one. <laughs> like That's just like pe- – like there's no debate I just, about managing I just Spectrum. Would
4: lo- I know we can't have it, but I would love the counterfactual universe and go visit there where they don't give anybody ex- exclusive rights to Spectrum and just see what it would what it'd be like.
0: Paul, there are other countries in the world where they manage Spectrum wildly differently than we do. Th- like This is like one of those things where it's like the reason I know 4 to 3 is bad is because you can just like look around. Mm. It's not the first time the experiment has been run. And, like, there are many, many ways of managing spectrum. We, we, we've picked this. I'm not saying our government, like, operates well. Don't, or it's, please, God, no. That's, I'm just saying, like, four to three is just a known bad outcome. And here, we're, the two bets we're making mm-hmm. is that the, the big third carrier that, that's about to be created, new T-Mobile, will not do the thing that the, new, the big third carrier traditionally has done in every other country. And you can bet on personality. You can bet whatever. But you're betting that they won't do that stuff. And then you are betting that DISH network will build out a fourth wireless carrier to take that spot of Sprint. That's a bet on whatever terms you want to make it. And that network will work. Right? Instead of saying you two can't buy each other, someone else should buy Sprint, in a, a, a network that exists right now, and operate it better.
4: like a Like a – Comcast or Spectrum or something like that. Sure, there's a
0: billion options if people want to enter this business, which is basically exactly what happened with T-Mobile when AT&T tried to buy it. The government said no. Mm -hmm. T-Mobile took their break. They took a lot of money from AT&T. They took some Spectrum. They fired everybody. They hired new management. And that guy is awesome. (laughs) 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 And cool. And they became T-Mobile. Yeah. Right? Like, there's like a million ways for this to go. carrier and I, I, yeah, sure, I wish Spectrum was not like uh, limited by the laws of physics, and yet, it is. Like the, It's just a scarce natural resource that you have to manage. Anyway, I think we can agree that Sprint sucks. <laughs> I mean, they do now. <laughs> well, look, we'll see, maybe it's all gonna work out great. Let me give you another example. AT&T bought DirecTV. Mm-hmm. They have done nothing but raise prices on TV customers. They have done nothing but increase the debt load of their company and raise cri- prices across the board. Mm-hmm. Like these things don't they work out. Don't have out.
4: that cool, innovative,
0: uncarrier spirit. <laughs> I just looked at him and I thought to myself, "Judge, you can
4: trust him." Mm-hmm. I just want space internet so bad. Why can't Elon Musk give me space internet yet? I feel like the i we we hear a lot about
0: Starlink. People talk to us about it a lot, and it's like. There's so many sad astronomers in the world who are like,
4: <laughs> I can't see anything anymore oh, because of these on. Starlink satellites. Go get, get over yourself. I want internet <laughs> connection. <laughs> All right. That's the Vergecast. That's basically our motto. Go to the dark side of the moon and build your own telescope there. So don't, 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 don't ruin my internet For experience. For a guy who was once on this, on this very
0: episode of this podcast complained about not having very much capital. <laughs> <laughs> you like, you know, what? you need astronomers you need to go to the moon. Yeah, that's a that's how that's going. That's great. I will say, get over yourself. I want internet. Should is basically our motto, and that's the Vergecast, everybody. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's our show. Dieter, you've you've just been watching this happen. Yeah, I was just, I was just enjoying it, enjoying the show. It's been fun. Uh, we're back on Tuesday. Domi Lee and I interviewed Scott Belsky, the s- chief product officer of Adobe. Ooh, did you ask about my Surface Pro X? Uh, no, but we definitely asked him, uh, about our Mac Pro. Okay, good. When that stuff's coming. That was, I, like, I like talking to Scott a lot. So that's coming on Tuesday. we are back on Friday the chat show. You can tweet at us. I'm Reckless. Paul's future Paul. Dieter is at Backlon. That's correct. Like, 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 review season is, like, here. Like, there's mm-hmm. more stuff coming. So, we used to say keep it locked, remember? Keep it locked. Keep it locked.
3: Rock and roll. Paul. Promo code...